creativity is an extension of the human experience. This wild, boundless seascape has been our anchor for our friendship and our sanity. This podcast is an exploration between close friends of storytelling and artistic expression. In this bonus chapter, Ruto is going to interview me as part of our special artist interview series that we'll conduct from time to time in between our mythic explorations. I'm so excited to do this with you, Pixie, because this is really a special milestone in your journey. And like much of our lives seem to pan out, we live parallel lessons. Mm -hmm. So there's deep opportunity for me here too. I'm not at the same stage as you. So thank you for paving the path on this particular aspect, printing and selling to the public. So let's begin. I want to interview you. Woohoo, interview me. (laughs) (laughs) So... I want to evoke this sense of um, this beautiful imagery that you have kind of revealed to us or hinted to us that these are glowing objects Mm -hmm. that you've released to the world as the day darkens Mm -hmm. and the dark hours expand. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a Samhain Yuletime release. You've created objects that glow. Mm -hmm. There's beautiful symbolism in that. So in your recent delve into exhibition, mm. creating prints for selling, mm-hmm. finding local connections for sharing your art, mm-hmm. it's given you this incredible new set of realizations, as I say. Um, in your new in your November newsletter, yes, you wrote that the release of your artwork has been a lesson of perseverance, and that part of this journey has been unlearning the free state with strategic practices like staying organized, getting good sleep calling on support network, keeping good sketchbook notes. Let's talk about that and and how important it is that you're teaching young artists about this kind of shut down free state as well. Yeah. I mean, I had a pretty intense moment when I was standing in this first place. I'm showing my work in Pittsburgh. Um, and I got hit with all of these emotions that I've been struggling with since I first went to art school. Um mm. And, but suddenly I understood them and it was like a total transformation. And I made, I had all of these, like you said, realizations that I felt were incredibly important. And then as you were saying that, I realized, you know, I want as many people to have the flow state of creating as possible. And we've talked about this in other episodes about how we want everyone to have access to their creative voice. And a lot of times there's kind of a barrier and I think for a lot of people, that barrier might be the free state. Um, and so I'll post some information about freeze um, in our show notes. But if you've had trauma in your life where you felt out of control, when you feel attacked or deeply uncomfortable, mm-hmm. um, you might not be able to cope with that. And instead of going forward, and fighting through the discomfort, you um, kind of just freeze in place. Or I read somewhere that said, you play dead, which really, when I was reading about it, I was like, oh, crap, like, play dead. Like, what a terrible time to be doing that when you're trying to make something that you care about. Wow. And when I thought of myself in SUNY Purchase, when I was making things, I would have a critique. Mm-hmm. And I was using Canvas in this completely um, unconventional way. And the whole time I was like, what the hell are you doing? You're not doing anything. This is how I talked to myself. You're not doing anything 
unique. This is crap. And um, that's how I th- that's how I talk to myself. And it's hard to like recognize when you do that. Mm-hmm. And um, and then, um, like I kind of just did the bare minimum with this idea, but the whole time kind of felt pretty unimportant. And I kind of left it where it was. So I didn't go any further with it. Um, and so, right. So, like instead of thinking of yourself as this like wild, fecund, fertile being, yeah. you like it's interesting that you kind of like the pain or the resonance hit at the word dead for you because like it, you know, in terms of like no more value. Yeah. No more, no more aliveness, no more potential. Yeah. And, um, I remember a professor asking me if I even was, I forget how he said it, but he was like, should you even be here? And I'm not going to say that professor's name because I think he did me a disservice, but, um, well, or you, you know, like an older, more adult version of you could have been like, can you unpack what you mean by that? Yeah. Sir? Yeah. Because he might've meant like, Hey, like your heart's not in this. Is there something you need to do to take care of yourself? I mean, like, yeah, he, there was an opportunity for him to say that so differently. Yeah. And it, you know, now that I'm a teacher, um, and I want to talk more about that in a minute, but now that I'm a teacher, you realize you have the tenderest of development in your hands and you have big responsibility to not shut that flow down. Um, Mm. and to realize it's just a stage it's not the end result. And everyone learns at a different pace. Um, right. I mean, you just pulled that card around emotions are cyclical. Yeah. Yes. Emotions <laughs> are cyclical. And so here I am revisiting this emotion again. And I, and I'm looking back at myself and because I was in the state of freeze where I couldn't function because hearing the critiques affirmed the belief I had in myself that I was worthless and had no voice because there were a lot of artists around me who had this natural ability. And I think I had one too, but I just didn't believe it. Like it was all in my head. And I also had this, something I came out when I was writing about this is I thought I was lazy. I thought I was a lazy, um, not hardworking person. And I work really hard and I always have, I've struggled with depression and I've struggled with um, anxiety. Um, And you were there for a lot of that, but I always worked hard. It might have looked different at different points in my life, but um, invisible yeah. challenges like that can be hard to understand, you know. So here I am standing, looking at my work, hanging up, and old messaging, old like information's coming through. It's like people are walking in as I'm hanging it up, and I'm like, "What if they think?" And I was like, "I don't care." That was like the thought that came in, and it <laughs> and like Yay! And I was like, "What if they say it's this?" And I was like, "I don't care." That was like the <laughs> that was like the first thing that came through and I was like, "Whoa, you have changed." Uh, like and uh, it was yeah. so and it's such a small statement, but it's like for me to be like, "No, I have a really cool like vision and I'm proud of it and I'm standing up for it." And I'm saying that here, which feels really good. Um and yes, professor, who shall not be named, I do belong here and I do have a vision and I do have a voice and it's cool. <laughs> You know, it's magical <laughs> and it's me. And um, I I went back in to the house and I wrote after hanging that stuff up because I was like, this is mm. a moment. This is a really important moment. And because, like I keep saying, I'm a teacher, I, I've seen many stages of students. Some come in and they just, they can just pump out work and it's amazing immediately. And some people have little moments. And that was me. 
where it's like, I see it. But what you have to do is help them find their their language and help them trust Mm -hmm. in it. And even if stuff isn't amazing and strong in the moment, they're doing it. And that's all you need. And if my high school art teacher who she that's the way she taught me, that's what I think, because like if we really are honest, even though what that teacher said to me was terrible. Do you know what I said back anyway? Yes. Mm. I want to be here. You know, I did. You know, did I believe it? No. You know, but I said it anyway. That says something about my resilience. And that has to do with my high school art teacher, because what my high school art teacher said she like helped me find my symbols. So I had certain symbols I do. I liked swirls. And she was like, that's your thing. Explore that. And spirals and swirls are Celtic. And I found my vision ultimately in Ireland. It was far more than spirals, but that led me there. Mm. How magical is that? That one symbol led me to the right. island without me realizing it. And I went there and I started envisioning like beings and creatures and energy coursing underneath the ground of that place. And that is how these pieces came to be. That is where they were born. So that art teacher, that high school art teacher is a huge reason why I'm here now. And as right now that that is my day job, I feel even more compelled to make sure not one of my students ever feels like I did because that's one less artist feeling confident for far too long. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You've come a long way. And I mean, even just the fact that you've been able to kind of, I I don't, I don't mean finish the series as in like you're done with this um, process, but you, you set out to create a series, you created it and you're exhibiting it. And that level of start to finish, that sense of accomplishment is something to be triumphant about. So I'm really glad that we're, we're not only sharing the process and some of the cyclical emotions that you're wanting to kind of surface and explore and, and normalize. Yeah. The free state is really normal. Yeah. Um, and it's collectively what we're experiencing. Um, so, but we're also here to celebrate you. So congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you created these series. You put them up in um, this space. Is it called the Mayflower or Mayflower? It's May called fly, the mayfly, like the bug. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and this is not, you know, the end. Like, I don't think they're ever going to end. I think they're going to keep evolving. But um, I'm, I haven't made the installation yet. And I'm hoping to find, I'm still looking for a venue for that. But um, I did put a few pieces in this place. And I have a few more I'm going to put in another place in a few days. And um, cool. And I think I'm just going to find the right place naturally as I go. And um, yeah, they all need to be shown at once uh, together uh, in a space where they are creating an experience. And I think when the time is right, um, that will happen. And I'm kind of just following where I'm led, to be honest with you. And they need to go out a little at a time and like work their way in. (laughs) And talk about, oh, I love them too. They're, (laughs) um, just a little kind of side anecdote uh, from my own experience with them, like coming to America and visiting you and you made sure that like you were working and 
I walked into your bedroom, you let me in and I walked into your bedroom and you had set them all up because you were kind of in process, but I feel like you were also creating an opportunity to not just allow me to be in your space, but also to be immersed in the, in the, this cherished thing that you were about to release. And let me tell you, I, the way that I felt when I was with them was really similar to something that I tried to create as well with some of my installations, mm -hmm. which is a deep sense of peace, yep. a deep sense of <laughs> stillness and calm. Yeah. And, you know, like exactly like you say, they're flannel and they emit that flannel-like energy. It's really, it's really beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the truth is I'm always surrounding myself with them and anyone I, that comes into my space, I want them to feel like that. So it makes me feel really good that that's how you felt. And it has been incredibly amazing. Um, whenever I'm there, I'll walk in and I'll turn them all on at once and I'll be just surrounded by them. Um, and to be honest, like flannel can go to places. It can be crafty in a way that's not going to create that feeling. And then it can be elevated, which I never realized till I started using it in this way. And um, yeah, that is how I want people to feel. And there are a lot of like parallels and similarities with the things that we make. Because one of my favorite things that you made um, were your lamps, your lanterns with handmade paper and sticks. And they're like these glowing orbs. They could be really interesting shown together, to be honest. <clears throat> That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I wanted mine to be either stalactites or stalagmites. Yeah. Um, and yours are kind of in the middle ground, right? <laughs> yep. They're, they're flat against the wall. So imagine the colored pieces hanging from the ceiling. Oh, my God. That'd be so cool. That would be so fucking cool. All right. We're going to do that. that. Goals. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I want them to feel. And, um, you know, another thing that took them to another level was creating more layers to them. So um, one of the things I did get from purchase was creating different sizes, layering them. But now um, I'm putting pieces behind as well, the canvas. So there's like a foreground, a middle ground, and a background to them. Um, mm. And I really think the flannel makes a huge difference too. The the canvas versus the flannel are two different experiences. So nice, but they're similar. So you mentioned this is how you want people to feel, yeah, um, when they're around them. So you are creating an opportunity for people to bring this home. Yeah, that's kind of part of the process of this. Did yes. you want to? kind of dig into that a little bit more, unpack some of that? Yeah. I mean, it was really hard. These last few months have been, like I wrote down, really difficult because the way my brain works is I always want to be at the destination. I don't know if that's something you feel. I don't think that yes. you do. Oh, do you really? Okay. Um, oh, for sure. Okay. Because I wasn't sure if that was the same thing, but I'm always like, I want to be at the, des the destination and you don't get to the destination without going through all the work, you know? Not that I don't want to work, but like that messy middle of not knowing stresses me out. Um, I wonder if it's like one of the, I'm joking saying this, but curses of being an artist because you have this like desire, but you need to like go through all of these 
pathways and hidden doorways to get to there, to that place. Mm. So, um, you know, I've been making these for myself for the majority of the time. You know, I made the first batch um, for my senior show purchase and it was like, okay, you know, but it wasn't even near the level of where I'm at now, where I feel like it really has come together. And then when I started, you know, I figured out the flannel. I figured out this new way of drawing the patterns. Um, I kind of changed up my circular shapes. Um, So like there's more of a variety of um, circular shapes now um, and where I put them. And then it's like, all right, so now how do I actually make this something someone can purchase? Because it's a little chaotic because you have these um, battery powered LED lights in the back. And, uh, at first in the initial stages of these, you'd have to take the piece down and turn them off behind it. And then I found these lights that have remote controls and that like, and that just changed it. Cause it's like, suddenly you can make things glow as if by magic. And let's be honest, like turning things on and off with a remote is pretty magical. I mean, it's a wand, it's a magic wand. Come on now. Yes. Yeah. So, and I remember when you, you were like, you tried it when you were there and you're like, Ooh, cause it's a totally different <laughs> experience. And so, and then in the final stages in the few days leading up to hanging them, I was like, well, because when I got them photographed, some of the lights came unattached and I was like, this can't happen. Like I need to make sure they're reinforced. So I had to reinforce my stitching cause I stitched them on and, um, and I had to, yeah. I had to really reinforce them so they would stay on and I installed hangers in the back so you can easily hang them. And, um, I made, um, cards that describe what to do with it. And it now comes together as this full on experience where you get the piece, you, you see that it is one thing in the day when the lights are not on. It is one thing at night when you turn them on. Um, you can change the way the lights interact with it. You can make them move or you can keep them still. Um, and they get a little, you know, a person will get a little image, um, this great place in Pittsburgh, bankrupt bodega photographed them and he did an amazing job and it's just not my wheelhouse. So it was a great investment. And, um, and it was so stressful because first of all, I'm dropping off all my work to this artist and it's like, what if he hates it? And it's like, well, who cares? You know? But also, like, what if he doesn't? You know what I mean? And what does it matter? Like, he's doing, he's photographing it for you. And it was, I was embarrassed to explain, like, what he needed to do. And I was feeling like a burden. I was like, can you photograph? I had to pay double for each one because I needed them photographed without the lights on and photographed with them because they are two pieces in one. They're two very different things. And um, he just nailed it. Yeah. And the the stressful Uh. thing, I know we've talked about this because you're about to do this too soon, I I think, is that, like... Mm -hmm. I get like the images back and they were too blue and I was, I felt mm-hmm. so bad. I'm like, he just worked so hard. And I emailed and I was like, Hey, like, I think they're too blue. Like, do you see that? And he was like, yeah, I can, I can take them again. I'll take them again. No problem. And he like tweaked it and they turned out perfect. And it oh, was fantastic. a great collaboration because he was like, yeah, I, I feel like it's like a collaboration between the two artists. And you want that kind of relationship mm-hmm. when you're doing this because you're all artists of what you do and you're trying to get across <laughs> an idea. And it's very inspiring actually when I'm not freaking out about my, with my insecurities and my, right. you know, feeling like a burden, but you are investing in that you're paying for it, you know? Absolutely. So, so it's been a pretty amazing ride in terms of making sure it's 
the full experience in a way that works. That's not this like yeah. thing I've had in my apartment for years. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's so much in that. I'm just going to go back, rewind just a little bit to kind of revisit some yeah. of the things that you talked about. Because what you did, you you discussed the maturation, basically, yeah. Yeah. from your first attempt at your senior show into now. And a lot of things went into making you the mature person that you are now and, and the mature product that you've created. Yeah. One of them you mentioned right from the get-go was a design maturation. Like yeah. you recognizing that there were design fundamentals or elements that needed to be tweaked to create, um, you know, a better aesthetic, a better exactly. approach to the design yep. choice. And then you also discussed kind of your, um, your own processing around your emotional states and your own self-worth. And so some of that you, you talked about, you journal, you mentioned that you, you wrote about what you were experiencing. Um, and something that we've touched on in previous shows is the environment that you live in is very organized and well-structured and clean. And part of the reason that you create is there's like a ritual that goes before the creation where you make the space um, as comfortable and clear as possible, uncluttered, so that your mind and spirit can be uncluttered and calm. And so there's there's this whole wrapping up of how you exist now that allows you to get to this place. So you're uh, maturing as an artist and your own, um, you know, technical approach. Then you're also maturing as someone who looks after themselves really well and their space really well, and and takes this hard work momentum really seriously. Yeah. And then you talked about this, like this aha moment, this wonderful, um, technical electric approach, these, this new technology. Yeah. You mean the lights with the, the remote? Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a game changer. I feel like me too. You know, it's, it would be very clunky experience to have to take the canvas off the wall. It was find the off switch. Yeah. That was the solution. It was. It was a huge uh, milestone when I figured that one out. And that was like yeah. in the first stages after I moved out and I was living on my own in Ithaca. Um, and yeah, I just invested in these remotes. And I was like, what will this be like? And I was like, this, yes, this is what should be happening. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, game changers and revelations are exactly the best part about this process, right? Where you're just like, oh, I found that the solution to this technical challenge, you yeah. know? And just the whole idea of making something when you're making it for you. And then you have this, I want to say compulsion or impulse to share it, which was the other thing that I was reflecting on after I hung them was what is the point of this? And I know you've reflected on that too. Um, mm -hmm. Like, why do I feel compelled to share this and the only thing I could come up with was it's just a part of myself and I want to I I want to be me and be alive because it's kind mm. of akin to just being alive and the reason I'm sharing that is I think twofold one is just it's an interesting idea I think all artists kind of wonder why they do what they do maybe maybe not mm -hmm. but um also when you start thinking about it in terms of other people I don't know if I like the word consuming because that's kind of like, I don't want this to be like a consumption or like a mass production of product. That's not how I'm thinking of it. Right. But it's not a, it's not a throwaway culture. No. This is art. This is art. Right. Um, and there is throwaway culture in art, but that's not 
we subscribe to. Um, but I want it to be um, an experience for somebody. And therefore, I have to think about it from their perspective. And the thing is, I was living with them for so long. And they're kind of teaching you as you live with them. And you kind of love them in all stages. And I did speak about, um, in my writings, uh, this artist named Thomas Jackson, who does these amazing pieces with, um, I think, tall. And he installs them outside and they interact with the colors and the, the wind. And I listened to a podcast with him and he something he said really struck me, which was for a while he'd look at his photographs because he has to photograph his pieces to show them essentially because they're installations outside. And he was like, so many of them were failures. But then I realized um, kind of every single thing I make is a self-portrait. So none of them are failures. And and how epic is that? Mm-hmm. Think about that. Like They're just where you are now. Yeah, every stage where you are now. And they all you have to have every stage or you don't get to the next one. And <laughs> everyone's process is unique and different to them. And they all get to take that trajectory, however it works. So that culture at college that I felt very deeply that really bothered me was it was kind of self-flagellation. It just felt like you're supposed to kind of torture yourself. And for some people, they liked the teachers that that were like mean to you. But for me, we talk back to freeze again. You know, if someone's being mean to me, I don't learn anything. I freeze. Mm. And I want to say I don't think anyone should learn like that, but I can't tell people how they learn best. So if that's how someone is motivated, then all better for you. Like, that's great. But there are so many people who can't. And it's like they're forced to be in a culture where that is the norm. And I think that's where I'm coming from and why I wanted to share these things was because it's like public service announcement, you know, um, no one gets to tell you. What is your public service? (laughs) No one gets to tell you that you can't, that you aren't an artist or that you can't do it or that you're not good enough. Like you get to find your voice in the way that works for you. That is absolutely your reoccurring public service announcement. Yeah. It just feels important to me because you're valid. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're valid as you are in what you're doing. Yeah. Keep going. Yep. And, you know, I think it feels good to release this because now I can kind of put it where it needs to be and see what else comes through. But this is a very important thing we should all remember, I think. And I think you've been going Mm -hmm. through that process too, I would imagine. Something similar. Yeah. Yeah. And if I think about my favorite teacher, um, like my most recent in terms of like mentor slash teacher, yeah. you know, Fred, um, uh, he would say, keep going, just keep going. I want more of this, you know, and actually Judy Bernstein would do the same thing. She would just go more, more, more. And like, <laughs> there's nothing better for me yeah, than to hear that. So it's like, oh, once you find your sweet spot and you know, like the voice inside of you that you want to be hearing, yeah, just hit that on repeat, play that voice. Yeah. And I'm trying to think, you know, I've named some of them, you know, the people that told me what I needed, like in a way that I needed it to hear it. And it was Miss Fuller in high school showing me my symbols, helping me find my symbols. And it was Phil Listengart never asking questions, just accepting what I was doing. Um, And just different artists in my life, friends. 
giving me their, you know what, all of my friends who are artists were never in the, the world. And when I say the world, I mean like the gallery art world. They either rejected it or they chose not to enter it. And I think that that culture sometimes does something to you. I, I don't know. It just came to me now. But all the people I know who have been supporting me through all of this, they're artists. They're really great artists. But um, they chose not to be in that that culture. And I think, I don't know, it leaves more room for freedom and flow, flowiness. And I think that's why I've been able to make it through. I don't know yeah. if that makes sense, but. It does. It absolutely does. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, so let's talk a little bit about some of the other processes that um, went into the um, current exhibition. Because there's your canvases yeah. and then there's also your prints that you've released at the same time, which I kind of feel like is part of the culmination of this releasing yeah. stage. Would you, would you say that's fair or are they kind of different topics? No, I think they're born out of each other. They're all part of the same um, family. Um, what is this family? I think it's that Does interior. That name? <laughs> I don't know yet. Um, I think it's my interior. I think it's, um, I keep saying it, but it's born from the Irish landscape. Mm. It's also, I have, you know, a sacred space I go in my mind and it's from there. And I've used it for so long now that I go there every time. And um, it's very private, so I'm not going to share it, but it's like this private place I can go to. And I think my work emerges from there. It's about liminal space. And so I've really been playing with watercolors. I guess it's gouache, but whatever. It's like the same. And um, I mean, they're similar. And uh, I mean, the first thing I started doing was like painting hairs like rabbits and um, I I found these great photos by Nick Edwards, who's this photographer in England, who, um, thank you, Nick, if you're listening. Um, and so I was painting hairs. <laughs> and it was a great collaboration because I said, hey, do you mind if I'm painting these? And he was like, yeah, go for it. Um, and uh, I have, there's like deep symbolism with hairs. They're about intuition and wisdom and shape-shifting. They're very powerful animals. And so I was having this like kind of moment painting them and that was a while ago and then I started revisiting my canvases and they've always been neutral tones and then I don't remember when but kind of recently I started the so the shapes on the canvases I call them mollusks they started breaking open turning colors and becoming their own thing and it's the next stage in their evolution and that's the only, mm-hmm. so it's like different parts of the landscape. And I'm just going to leave it at that because I kind of like this mystery. Look at me being comfortable in the messy middle. Um, <laughs> and I want it to keep going. So I don't want it to be the end. I want it to keep going on its journey because it's, I'm, I'm living my life and these things are coming through. So, yeah. So I just to clarify, you've yeah. created these paintings, these evolutions of swirling and color, but you've got the mollusk symbolism and they are in and of themselves fine art prints now. They are fine art prints now. Yeah. Which was, that was by far the hardest thing. Like the photograph. Talk about that. Oh my Why God. Why was that hard? Printers, man. 
Um, listen, <laughs> it did an amazing job, but it's two different languages. And why is it so hard? I don't know. And you've been, it's like printers. Can you just be like nicer, just a little bit nicer? Like, I don't know. It's just like, we have different, like, brain i feel like they're just different creatures to <laughs> us and make it a little bit like oil and water a little bit and um again did it did a great job the prints look great and um i had to figure out some maths Ugh. um luckily i've been using adobe more so i was able to resize them but the problem is imagining them the size and the other problem is i paint on whatever paper i have around so they're all different sizes so I'm stuck with like having to get the right size paper that they have available for the random freaking sizes that I've been using. Um, I made it work, you know. And the thing is, I really like long, narrow. This is an Egon Sheila, you know, inspiration, but I like long, narrow, rectangular pieces. I was doing all these mollusk, you know, light color explorations on 11 by 17 paper. Getting that printed was a pain. <laughs> you know, and I had to resize it the right way. And they would try, they didn't understand what I was saying because the language was not working. The ba- the barrier was there and their order form really confused me because I need to see it. And if I can't see it, I can't imagine it. And I was like measuring them and trying to imagine it, but it's really hard for me to. So it was like two different languages. It was, it was like I was speaking to someone in a different language and I had to like figure it out. And I did figure it out and they did a great job. And I, I thank them very much. Um, and I'm going to link them as well in the show notes. Yay. Uh, PG. And I mean, now that you've got them. Yeah. Now that you've done it. Yeah. There's like, I'm assuming like a big learning curve is kind of, you've jumped that hurdle. Yes. So now I know, now I know what I need to do. Now I understand that whatever paper I do it on kind of dictates that, that experience. And to me, the photos are key. Like if you don't have good photos, it's not going to matter. Um, and so like, the photos is where it's at. You get the really good photos. That's the investment you want to make. Then you just have to make sure you understand the printer's language. And I'm just saying in a compassionate way, in general, my experience with printers, I just, they need to like, we need to have a better, maybe it might not, I don't think it's everyone, but I know me in my brain and you and I have similar brains and I talk about shutdown. It's like, you said the what now? Like the number, the size, the, I almost the bleed. Like what a, the what? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it, oh. when you talk about a vernacular and a vocabulary, yeah. let's say, for instance, something else that's similar, um, finances or taxes Heck or yeah. you know, banking. So you've got this whole um uh I don't know, I don't know, lack for lack of a better word, hierarchy. Yeah. Where there, you're in the know or you're not in the know yeah. and the language is being used. And if you're not using the correct language, there's like a little bit of a, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's not rocket science. Yeah. And you're like, you know what, motherfucker it is. And you, you come at me and I can yeah. speak rocket language with shit that you don't understand. Yeah. So does this make you feel good yeah. that I don't, that I am now dumber than you? Like, yeah. is this what, is this the game we're playing? <laughs> and it's not that you're dumber. And like, that's what I hate. And the other thing is like, the other hard part about this, and it's the way it works, but you're paying money for something you might not like. And that's, that makes sense because mm. they're, they're printing and printing is expensive. So you mm-hmm. need to come at it with as much clarity as you can. So you're not throwing away your money. And some of it, especially in this beginning stage I've had to try really hard 
not to feel like I'm wasting my money. You know, thank you, Vanessa, for saying, no, it's like a real life course you're taking. You're investing in the mistakes because that's how you learn. You know, she is correct. She is correct. But it is still for someone who's always struggling with money. It's just like, this is what I was afraid of, man. I was afraid of knowing like that money is always limited. It feels like it anyway. And like, what if I make these prints and they all turn out like crap, (laughs) you know, like, um, and they didn't. And they did work with me. You know, I'm not saying that they didn't. I'm just saying that it's hard. I'm I and I told them, you know, I was like, I'm just having a hard time understanding. Like, please have compassion for me because, you know, this is a hard, this is a hard thing for me to do. And um the photos was not the hard part. It was the uh it was the communication in between. So I think the no one's asking me for advice, but like, you know, I just think that being honest about what it what's hard about it for you and letting them know and just being as transparent as possible and not settling. Like if something doesn't look right, ask, you know, and it's, that's hard for me because I don't want to be annoying and I don't want to be a pain, but I Mm -hmm. made myself ask every time because I have a vision too. And part of that was my self-worth because it was coming up for me again. It was like, well, he probably thinks it's crap anyway. So, you know, like, you know, why bother? And that's so bad. Like I'm doing that. It's like, no, who cares? Like, you're asking for the service. Like they're not going to like every piece they print. They literally print everything. Like just ask. And they fixed everything. And honestly, some of the stuff I figured out myself. Like, so what I was hoping for was that like the person on the other end was going to be like an, a visual artist like me. And and maybe they are, but like, and being like, oh, if you do this, that'll look good. And they did. And they did actually, no, they did, but I didn't like it. So you have to like, and then you feel bad. So then it's like, no, everyone's just going to have a different opinion. So I, my point is I figured it out. I measured, I envisioned, I fixed it in Photoshop. I sent it in and it looked better. And I figured that out. So that gave me a lot more confidence. So um, it's just this awkward like dance of the language and asking and politely and, um, being honest advocating like i love that you were saying yeah you need to show me compassion i love that yeah and they I love did. that you actually said that yeah and they did and i think there needs to be more of that in the art world to be honest and i think like i said before you and i are lucky because we have a lot of really cool artistic creative people in our lives that are on that are not in the thick of it and um, i think the thick of it does something to people um and so if that makes any sense at all but maybe, maybe, maybe there's lots of versions of the thick of it. So. There's lots of versions of, I don't the know. of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've got to believe that there is a, a healthy art world that, that's a carefully curated community where we all look out for each other. I agree. That's what we're doing. That's what we're building. That's what we're doing right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Bravo. Check that off the list. <laughs> so you can find your, I mean, I'm assuming that if you're listening to this, you are following um, Pixie on her uh, Jessica Pixie Studios yeah. uh, Instagram. So there's ordering portals abound and definitely subscribing to your um, newsletter, your beautifully curated newsletter. You're getting the backstage exploration of what what's going on in the psyche. And then you're also getting these beautiful um, treasure troves of links and resources in there as well. So the engagement to finding out how to buy your very own Jessica Pixie print. 
is out there, which is another big congratulations, like Thank a you. click to purchase option. Fucking fantabulous. Well, well done. I'm not quite the click to purchase yet. There's a message on there. Um, I'm waiting on one piece of paperwork from the state so I can open up the bank account I need to do click to purchase. So if anyone is interested, they have to email me and I'll we'll work it out that way. Um, it's already on the design end, but um, paperwork end. The life legality, end, the um, front. the hoops that make no sense end is still <laughs> like I paid them the money. This is the other thing. At least in America, I hope New Zealand is not like this. But the bureaucracy, you know, Roto, you know it. It's like, you know, I had to pay one twenty five for this piece of paper, and it's been weeks, and I haven't gotten it back. Um, and uh, I tried this calling like your LLC. Like your your yep. company paper. Yep, it's what I needed to open up the le- the, the bank account for my business. Yeah, that should not be hard. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that that's hard and expensive. But they'll take your money itself. right away. <laughs> so, oh that, yeah, that's the hard reality of this. It's like I'm living in this magical liminal space, and it's like send in this paper and write it on this line. And if you don't write it on this line, you need to redo it and send it in by mail. Um, <laughs> and it's like we live in 2022. It's about to be 2023. Why can't I just docu sign it and change it and send it through email? Because that would work yeah. so much better, you know. Um, so it just? yes. So I'm constantly dealing with these little glitches and still trying to maintain the magic. It's like that's the cool, cool, interesting, hard part about this. The last few months has been navigating all this linear. Um, financial and I'm still learning it. You know, I haven't even started yet really. I'm just getting it the the structure built. And it kind of exhausted me and now I'm painting again because I got all the prints made, I got all the stuff made, I did all the things. And now I'm like, I want to make art again. Like I just want to mm-hmm. get this done and sorted so I can just be making art and this system is working the way it should. Um and so it's a balance of these two Realities, and I'll tell you what, um, Victoria Smith from the Mojo Lab has talked to me a lot about that. Um, and she is just amazing at it. And I think she made me like even let myself think about trying it because nice, nice, you know, and get yourself a good financial advisor because I have a financial advisor, Brendan Wilbur, um, who like meets with me every few weeks about my finances and helps me make good choices. So I think well, everyone's a you get your own little team of people mm-hmm. to help you with the things you're not good at and uh you don't have to do it alone and I think I did not do this alone and I still ask for advice mm. constantly. So it's like it's it's a thing. It's a big thing. <laughs> but I made it. Well, kind of. I'm, at, I'm I finished a lot of the big steps and there's still much more to do, but the big hurdles, the initial hurdles I hurdled them. So (laughs) now there's more to do. Cool. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Yep. Yep. Thank you. Uh, Do you feel like we covered the things that you wanted to cover when we talked about interviewing you at your significant stage that you've processed now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really just want to make it clear that, um, I am endlessly grateful for all of the people behind the scenes, all my friends, you, um, Victoria, Ali and Alice, like all of my friends who behind the scenes have been like, yeah, do it. And just constantly supporting me. Um, 
I'm just going to probably list them all because um, you just don't do these things by yourself. And mm. I don't know where I'm going or exactly what I want this to look like, but where it is right now feels good. And I'm going to keep following that. And um, it's so exciting. And like, it felt really weird doing an interview about myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> makes me feel weird, but good. So thanks. Mm. Well done. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you feel like um that was what what you wanted to get out of this moment, this ephemeral but really important moment. Yeah. And I appreciate what you're saying around you've got more to do, there's more to be done. Yeah. But I think it's really important to celebrate um these milestones. Yeah, and like, you know, there could be a school of thought like you don't want to share this part, but I think that's maybe my point because I'm mm-hmm. Also in the education world, I don't want to keep these things secret. I want people to feel like their fears and their like frustrations are normal. Um, so I think that's what I'd want anyone to get out of this. These like little, it's like, this is like the sketchbook. Like this is the sketchbook conversation. This is like the pages of our sketchbooks where we're writing about, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, like this I is a, that. this is like a um, electronic sketchbook where we're sharing that. Like, we might have to call these artists interviews sketchbook conversation. Yes. That's what we'll call them. There we go. You heard, <laughs> wow, you heard, you heard it, it here, here first. first people. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> well, um, I think we can leave it there and uh, thank you for listening to this. We hope you enjoyed it um, and check out our, our very first sketchbook conversation our very first sketchbook conversations woo um we're gonna have all of our links um in the show notes and resources because i threw out a lot of them threw a lot of them out there and we'll be back for our regularly scheduled sunday posts in a week's time and we are excited to share um our explorations on the witcher with you yes so excited Mm -hmm. um keep your Keep your earballs posted for that one. Um, <laughs> the music that we use for our podcast entitled Whimsical Aliens was written and performed by Alejandro Bernard from Ithaca, New York. You can like and subscribe on his YouTube page and find him on Patreon. Just check our show notes. And uh, our projects are edited and produced by Bjorn. Thank you, beloved, for your support. <laughs> and thank you to everyone who listens and follows us. Yes. Um, see you next time. See you next time. Mm-hmm. <laughs>